Hey, this is Louisiana Sister Squad podcast, where we bring you real information to enhance your truther lifestyle. I'm Katie. And I'm Tammy. Welcome Welcome to to the the show. show. The truth train doesn't stop here. Did you know that you can connect with us and our guests further? Join us on the uncensored platform, Telegram for live chats and Q&A with our guests. Hope to see you there. On this episode of Louisiana Sister Squad, we welcome Nicole Brown. Today we'll be discussing the importance of ingredient knowledge when reading food labels so you can avoid toxic chemicals. We'll also cover fasting, body function, and whole foods. Welcome to the show, Nicole. So I know the importance of knowing what is in your food, and uh, I'm Never really shocked by how many people just disregard how important that is and kind of just don't care. So for the people that do care what's in their food, um, hopefully you can shed some light on useful tips and ingredients to stay away from. Some of the worst ingredients that I found are vegetable oils, soy, um, sunflower. Well, that, yeah, any kind of seed oils, sunflower, canola oil, um, those are all toxic that um, for all these years, they've been marketed as healthy ingredients, the healthier alternative. Um, And come to find out, you know, more studies that we're doing now are showing that they're actually destroying your cells and your body and definitely not as healthy as they've been portrayed to be. Yeah, I would definitely say that's going to fall into like kind of that greenwash category of people just, you know, being sold that marketing thing of what something is healthy for you when it's not really. But um, what what started all of this for you to be able to gain knowledge on food and really eating out a lot, not really fixing my own dinners and feeding the family the right way. And uh, so that's kind of what started it. I got into working out and researching foods and kind of, you know, what led me down this path, learning um, that just doing a low carb diet or keto isn't really the option, that you need to start looking at the ingredients of the food you're eating, not just the macronutrients, because it can be in your macros for the day, but that doesn't make it healthy. That doesn't mean that you should still be eating those toxic ingredients, I guess. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. When when your focus wasn't on eating healthy and you're, you know, we all make, we'll just call them bad choices for the sake of argument. So we're making bad choices. At that point in time, do you feel like you were really aware of what ingredients you were adjusting and the harm that you were doing to your body? Or was it once you made the decision, was there some information that came across to you that really kind of, we'll call it the rabbit hole of information that transpired into a healthier lifestyle? Do you feel like you knew the difference? Uh, It was definitely a rabbit hole. Um, You know, you grow up all your life thinking, you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day and eat your uh, Fruit Loops because they're full of vitamins and minerals and uh, then you start changing those things and taking them out. And then it's like, wow, I feel completely different. I wonder why. So then you start researching it and then you realize, well, sugar is, you know, the biggest toxic ingredient that they're putting in all your foods or either label something as healthy, it's fat free, but then they're adding all this extra stuff to where it's 
still tastes good when you're eating it. Um, those things they're adding are just crazy, but definitely it's a rabbit hole that once you start looking into things and how they affect your body, and then you start making those changes and kind of experimenting to see, you know, what does this do if I quit eating it? Well, you feel a whole lot better. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. In the restaurant business, um, we do have quote, sugar-free items. And so that usually in coffee, that's a sugar-free syrup. It really is sugar-free and it's syrup. So they're not adding fat to the syrup because there's there's no fat in it. So mm-hmm. they're just using a, a sugar substitute, which that's a whole nother ball game talking about um, these sugar substitutes and how toxic they are and the studies that have been done on that. I always do the little, the puppy dog head tilt when somebody orders the sugar-free drink and then gets the fat-free milk. I'm just like, well, which one do you want really, you know? (laughs) Um, And so I think that people are just blissfully unaware of what it is they're they're consuming. And so they don't know that when it says fat-free, it typically has the same amount or more sugar in it. And then also other ingredients. Like I've heard of um, them using like like sawdust and things and um, all kinds of craziness. And you just, they, they're really smart at what they're doing. These people that are creating these foods, the GMOs and all of that, because when you want something that doesn't have sugar in it and you look on the back and you don't see the word sugar, that doesn't mean there's not sugar in it. Part of what I've gotten into recently is only eating whole foods. Yeah. Um, if it has more than three ingredients, I'm probably not going to eat it. You know, just because you really don't know what those ingredients are going to do to you um, over the years of eating it and building up in your system. And yeah, I mean, they, they'll disguise it. They'll name mm-hmm. it just about anything else. So um, that's something that I always try to like look for is like even, even the ones that are supposedly good, like stevia and stuff. Those are so chemically altered, too. If it's not a high quality brand that you're comfortable using it could also be just as toxic as aspartame or one of the ones that we know cause cancer. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like, it's synthetic right. because um, stevia is like actual plant. And so you can grow your own plant mm-hmm. and use stevia. And right. then you're looking at a natural sweetener. You know, when you talk about the three ingredients and using whole foods and, and stuff like that, it really is a best practice to stay away from processed food, things that are made for you. That's anything that's like, kind of like the ready to eat that's been through some kind of like factory. When you look for ready to eat food, it should be things like oranges and apples. Mm-hmm. I have, listen, I have my doubts about bananas. I have my own theories I, about bananas. We won't eat bananas in my house. <laughs> what's, what, what? Just, I've read too many stories about how they've been altered over the years and a banana now is not the same thing that a banana was, say even 10, 20 years ago. And you can see it with all of the fruit too. Um, they're making them seedless. Mm-hmm. Where will you ever find a seedless fruit or vegetable in nature that's going to reproduce? If it's seedless, then that's it. That's it, the end yeah, of the line. It's it's been genetically modified. So, and a lot of the foods don't even taste the same anymore. Mm-hmm. They, you know, modified to be sweeter, more appealing, more orange, more yellow, more whatever, and just. You know, unless you're getting it from a farmer's market and you know the grower, it's kind of scary to eat those things. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's very true, which is why, like, uh, more recently I got into gardening, trying to grow my own food. And can am I self-sustainable from my backyard garden? No. But 
I do get, um, I go out there and I can eat blueberries and I can eat cherry tomatoes right off the vine with lots of peppers. We got more peppers than I know what to do with, but banana peppers are amazing. They're really, really good. And one of my like favorite snacks that come out of the garden. And so um, I think when we look at, you know, the toxic ingredients and, and toxic foods and stuff like that, it can be overwhelming to someone to know all this information like for me tammy can tell you how many times that we're we're in here we're podcasting we're talking to somebody that knows about holistic health and toxic ingredients or um what they're spraying in the sky and what's around us and stuff like that like i still genuinely get pissed off i'm just like and it makes you want to like throw your hands up we have to have that support system be part of the group so you don't just walk away from it like what does it matter anyways but I still have moments where I feel like that. I'm just like, well, if I clean up my my foods and if I'm using essential oils and stuff like that, I'm going to go outside. They're still doing chemtrails. The water's still toxic. I still have to take a shower. Um, you know, and it's it's something from every angle. Our kids have all of that and plus the indoctrination camp of them going to school. So they're poisoned <laughs> through and freaking through. It takes a lot not to just throw your hands up and walk away from it. And like I said, it can be a little bit overwhelming from somebody that has not started this journey in full yet. What is some encouragement that you can provide for them? Small changes over time lead to big results in the end. You can't do it all at once. Uh, It's just taking baby steps and changing one thing. And the one little thing, it helps. It might not change the world, but uh, it's better than not doing anything. Yeah, I agree with that. It's one thing a week, taking away one toxic household chemical, taking away one toxic food. Um, so we talked about sugar. What are some of the other like ingredients? Well, now that you moved on to whole foods, I think it's a little bit different. So um, what are some other ingredients for people that, you know, for convenience wise or what's available to them? What are some other like top things that you're definitely staying away from or would recommend for them to stay away from? I really don't like protein bars and shakes and all the stuff that are processed to, you know, be convenient foods. To me, a convenient food is a boiled egg or, you know, some chicken strips that you grilled up the night before for breakfast or, you know, you don't have to have your typical uh, what you're told is, you know, for that meal. So you can kind of think outside of the box and look for your whole foods in places other than your protein bars that they're telling you, oh, you have to have this for breakfast, eat these things. And to me, those are the worst things. Um, It's when you can kind of make your own and... Those are really great suggestions. I I definitely see where you're coming from. I think, again, growing up and we have the food pyramid and this more of that indoctrination and programming. And so when we think of snacks, then we're also still dealing with the subconscious programming of, oh, well, when you're healthy, then you eat the protein bars and things like that, because that's what's being pushed on us. I think that that's an awesome idea. And that's not really something that I've thought about outside of like, you know, if I meal prep, I'm making, you know, my chicken and veggies or, or whatever it is, but I never thought to just um, snack on some chicken don't sit down and eat a whole meal, but here's the things that I need to have available. Right. And you, you can get it available, you know, the beginning of the week, you know, sit mm-hmm. down on a Sunday, make your grocery list and say, okay, here's some things that I can prep today 
and have ready for the rest of the week. So you always have something available when you need a snack or, you know, a quick meal. Um, How do you feel about like your fitness routine? What do you have going on? Typically uh, what I do like to do and what I can do is just go walk. You know, to me, that's the best thing to keep your body moving, your joints loose and just kind of get your heart going. I do think weights play an important role important role in staying healthy that in order to keep your body um I guess strong enough to sustain your life you you need to have muscles build muscles walking is really therapeutic I love walking yeah and it's easy you can do it anywhere and you don't have to have equipment or anything just you got too late and go got too late to go up yeah I've uh I've heard a lot about about grounding recently too and about how that's so good for um basically your feet are taking in the minerals from the ground as well as like it it helps with the detox process and things like that so let's say you drink wine you don't find like the next day that it's hard to get back on track with like making good food choices like you don't find that that gives you more cravings for worse food while you're drinking it or after the day after Maybe while I'm drinking it, you probably make a lot worse food choices when you're a little tipsy. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I I think I'm pretty, I have a pretty good regimen. Like I know what I'm going to eat most of the time. So mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to get off track. Have you heard that bugs have made it onto the ingredients label in stores now? Like crickets and roach milk. Yes, I have heard that. And I think it's absolutely disgusting. <laughs> Um, even if it is something that I'd want to try at one point, the fact that they're hiding it in the labels and not making it obvious that it's an ingredient in the food that they're trying to sell, I think it's just ridiculous. You would eat bugs? I can't say that I never would, but I'd like to know if I'm eating a bug before I eat it. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a very good replacement for anything meat protein um you know i think that's kind of where they're headed with that is let eat less meat and eat more bugs but i don't not something we want to do not something i'm statistically we do eat bugs already all the time just most of the time unknowingly and so um we're sleeping we eat i don't know how many like nine or 29 spiders a year while we're sleeping (laughs) something like that and then um I think caramel is made with bugs. They're allowed to contain X amount of yeah. bugs. Yeah, um, that kind of goes along with um, anything that's grown, though. Like when people, oh, my God, those videos that go viral, and it's like they got lettuce or spinach or something like that, and they're like, look at these bugs inside of it. And I'm like, well, it's yeah, it's. It Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be grown outside. I think the bigger concern is when we consistently don't see bugs, right? Because then where is it grown? That's greenhouse. And then greenhouse is not the same, doesn't contain the same nutrition as when food is grown outside. Yeah. This craziest thing that I've come across in food in recent time was plastic. I had a bag of uh, frozen spinach, great value brand. And I dumped it into the pot and it had a big old chunk of plastic in it from um i guess maybe like one of the processing machines or something nice big hearty chunk of plastic it's okay though walmart gave me a five dollar gift card this is a big chunk of plastic you can see most of the plastic you ingest you right now yeah the the microplastics and yeah. stuff like that and that's in the um that, i mean that's all in the ground that's in the in the soil environment if you 
are maintaining a less toxic body when you're faced with toxins that are unbeknownst to you, you have a better chance of being resistant and resilient and not suffering the long-term effects from constantly making bad decisions. So uh, even though it seems confusing or hard, I think the right thing to do is um, just to always be encouraging people to, to take those little steps one at a time. So when it comes to fitness and and your workout routine and trying to eat whole foods and things like that, um, are you also doing like protein powder? Um, there's a superfood that I've been using for the past couple of years. It's Clovis Superfood. Mm-hmm. It's made with um, grass-fed beef collagen as the protein in it. And there's no chemical additives, no garbage ingredients. They're all um, really good, clean ingredients and so to me that's the best one i've found um the only brand that i'll trust to eat or to use is the is clovis okay cool and it makes you feel good oh yeah and it's yeah it's good it's not you know they don't have a whole lot of flavors or anything it's just the one chocolate shake that you can make but it kind of reminds you of hot chocolate you Mm -hmm. know and you can make it hot you can make it cold and I've come up with a few different recipes to add it to making puddings and different things. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, it's a good one to be using chocolate because that means it probably has real cocoa in it. Right. Right. And so everything else, I mean, would probably be artificial flavored. I can't think of anything else that's really not going to be artificial flavor when you're adding into dry ingredients. Um, what are you using to find toxic ingredients in food? Um, do you have any apps that you're using in particular or? No, there's just certain ones that I just try to avoid the, the seed oils, vegetable oil, canola oil, um, soy. I definitely, that's another one that's kind of hidden into a lot of different things. I was buying tuna fish the other day and it contained soy. I'm like, why would you add soy to, to tuna fish? So it's, it's, you have to be careful. You have to, you know, know what you're willing to accept as healthy for you and just go with that. I mean, everybody's tolerances are going to be different. Um, what I eat, you may be completely turned off by, but just kind of know in your head what you're, you're looking for, what you want to eat, what your limits are going to be and go with that. Yeah. So right now we're at the point of like, there's manufactured food shortages and things like that. But I think that these other um, these other ingredients that they've pushed on to us, that they also are trying to shovel around the byproducts of those ingredients. So um, when you think about like soy, they use the soybean for soy milk, but there's still soy beans left over. What happens to that? That gets ground up. And then what do they do with it? It's got to go somewhere. And so I think that's where we get the, the kind of problems that we're facing of all of these foods being pushed into other things. Like you look at dairy, we don't just use cows for milk, drink milk. There's the milk goes bad, then there's cheese or no, I'm sorry, the milk goes bad, then there's chocolate milk. Then further from that, there's um, cheese and cottage cheese. And, and then now you're looking at there is literally cheese, some type of cheese, dairy in absolutely everything, anything that's a manufactured product. And it's because of the overspill of the byproducts. Let's talk about your, your daily diet. I mean, I, so far you just said chicken and eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I eat a lot of chicken and eggs. Yeah. Um, and also a lot of steak and 
fish and any any kind of meat protein that's usually on the on the menu you know my husband calls me every day from work and what's for dinner and okay you know the routine it's ground meat steak chicken uh fish what do you want and we go from there and determine uh, how we're going to fix it and what kind of meal we're going to have but um there's definitely a lot to be said about the nutrients in red meat i know a lot of people are kind of scared of red meat from past experiences with doctors and given and you know given um i guess diet uh, recommendations from their doctor. They get scared to try an all meat diet because they've been told for so long that that's the reason that they have high blood pressure or uh, high cholesterol or whatever ailments they have. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look at the breakdown of red meat, it's the most nutrient dense food that you can eat. It has the perfect mix of fats and protein and uh, vitamins and minerals. And it's not just that they contain vitamins and minerals, it's the amount that your body needs to process the proteins and the fats correctly. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of people kind of miss that part of the of the education of meat. It's not because you want to eat a lot of meat. It's because that's what we've been given. God gave us meat to eat. And Mm -hmm. it's the perfect meal. If you look at how it's broken down and how your body uses it. Right. Well, I mean, it's this is public information that if you're talking about like a regular doctor advising you on some kind of nutrition is they actually are not required to take any uh, recurring nutrition programs and the amount that they actually learn while they're in school is so minimal. Um, when you look at a regular MD is that they've gone through indoctrination. They literally just do and say what they're told and recommend based on those things. Um, You can go so far as to say even studies that have been, oh, well, we studied studied meat and this is what we found out. Well, Well, who studied meat? Well, who studied? That's a very important question is who studied meat? Because who funded them is also going to be a very important question. Um, And so you really do have to use your best your best discernment to find alternative studies, resources, information when it comes to nutrition and stuff like that. You can um, if you meet someone who's an actual nutritionist and things like that, I would definitely take their word over it. Um, It's just unfortunate that they don't really get the spotlight to share that information. But that's because they're up against a lot of money, a lot of money. You're looking at um, even Cancer Foundation, the dairy, the farmers, the this, the that, Mm -hmm. the third. It's, you know, what do we always like to say? Do your own research. Do your own research. If you want the information, go the extra mile. Don't be satisfied with generic MD. Don't be satisfied with Google. Do your best to truly find the real information because it is out there. So when you say that you guys are eating, you know, a lot of meat, you're eating meat three times a day or more? Um, usually we fast until around lunch. Sometimes we'll do 20, 24 hour fast, um, every day. It just depends on what we have going on for the week. Yeah. We'll eat meat three times a day if Mm -hmm. we are eating three meals that day. You know, we'll do eggs for breakfast, eggs and bacon for breakfast and, um, you know, chicken, whatever for 
lunch and mm -hmm. steaks for dinner. You know, it's, and, and so you eat vegetables as well, though, or fruits? Mostly fruits. Um, I've been trying to stay away from the vegetables. I find my stomach doesn't handle vegetables all that well. Uh, didn't realize it until I quit eating vegetables and then tried again. Been doing a little bit of research on that. I haven't gotten into it too much, but how uh, the vegetables have their own defense mechanisms. And sometimes people react to to vegetables in a not so good way. So um, just try. I've kind of one of those things I'm starting to figure out, figure Navi out. Yeah. Na to navigate how important is fasting. And then do you just use fasting as a detox or do you actually do a detox as well? Um, usually fasting is the, is my detox. I, I love fasting. Like I just, I feel so much better when I give my body time to process the foods that I've eaten and not continuously add to the process of having to digest food. And, um, so a few times a year, I'll do a 72 hour fast just to kind of reset everything. Mm -hmm. It's a good gut reset. Um, it helps you know, with brain fog and inflammation and it just makes you feel completely different until you actually do it. It, you don't quite get the, the benefits. The benefits. Of it. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't make sense to anybody. Like how can you go that long without eating? But until you do it, you just, you don't yeah. understand. I've, I've only fasted a couple of times and um, it's, I think the most difficult thing is to beat the programming of wanting to eat right. of everybody always says you have to eat, you have to eat, you have to eat. And so, when you say Jesus, when you say fasting, fasting can look different to a lot of different people because um, some people do it and just do water. Some people do water and uh, like with lemon and cucumber. Other people fasting means like doing juices or just having a smoothie or something like that. So what does fasting look like for you? So my fasting is water and black coffee or green tea only. Um, so Usually I'll stop eating by like seven o'clock at night. That's as late as I'll eat. And then in the morning when I wake up, I'll have a cup of coffee, no sugar, no cream, nothing, just plain black coffee and drink water until I feel like eating. Um, sometimes it's 10 o'clock in the morning. Sometimes it's not until five o'clock when it's dinner time in the, in the evening. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd rather not eat than to eat crap. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you and we look forward to having you on our Telegram chat. See you soon. Before you go, hit follow and share with a friend. Wake up to a new episode of Louisiana Sister Squad podcast every Tuesday.